Welcome in to Libservative. I'm here. That's Corey Walsh. And that's Dan Griffin. This is, as always, Libservative. Sure, we try to make thinking sexy again. A lot to get to today, but first, Corey, tell the people where they can find us. Yeah, first things first. Uh, go at, uh, go ahead and like, follow, and share, and subscribe, and tell a friend about this uh, awesome podcast you're listening to. We can be found on Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. We're on Facebook at Libservative. You can reach out directly to us at LibservativePod at gmail.com. All of our monologues are transcribed and put on to LibservativePod.wordpress.com. We're on TikTok and Lives Heard of Podcast, which Dan still has yet to make a video for. I'm so But I'm mad. on there making all sorts of little videos trying to figure out what these young whippersnappers are doing. I have a lot going on. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> says, says the guy who doesn't have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have to push mine into a closet for a little bit. I'm like, I'm making, your dad's making TikTok videos. I'm trying to be famous. <laughs> We're such narcissists here on this show. <laughs> no, two people talking into a camera staring at ourselves for an hour and a half are narcissists. Are you drinking the champagne of beers? I am drinking the champagne of beers, trying to keep it classy, you know. Is that your beverage of choice? Some Miller High Life this evening? Some Miller High Life and some rabbit hole on ice. No gonna, old fashioned this week. I was gonna say it is it is like Miller it is piss water beer time of year, right? It's that it's that weather. It is. It's We're, that where you don't really know if it's going to snow or be blazing hot. That's that's for anybody who doesn't know who's from outside of Michigan. I I have dubbed April the month of all four seasons because you legitimately have no clue what's going to happen tomorrow. You really don't. Could be a blizzard. It's, it's annoying as hell. Yeah, we had we had snow this year or this month. We've had 80 degree weather this month. Rain. <laughs> Rain. Man, that's what, what, what else is there? I don't, we didn't have any hurricanes or earthquakes. Falling leaves. I've gotten back to my uh, my my new my new thing. My mar- my dirty martini. Put a little bit too much olive brine in this one, though. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> my new thing, just olive brine. It's also it's also the uh, the beverage that destroyed my MacBook. It's still drunk. I haven't tried to fire it up this week, but I'll keep everybody updated. Yeah, nobody really cares. Uh Anyway, we got yeah. a lot to cover this this evening, Corey. We're going to talk about Elon and Twitter and all the terrible hot takes. We're going to talk about Disney and how it's uh, not full of groomers, but also not a very leftist company. We got a re- that's actually I think it's going to be our red pill blue pill this evening. Uh, we've got a how woke is too woke for you, and it has to do with the Boston Marathon tax filing. Guess what? It's a major racket. Uh, and Corey and I. Uh, you had already seen this film, but you told me to watch uh, Fear and Loathing in Aspen. You are, if for, the, for anybody who doesn't know, Corey's a major uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson fan. So we're going to kind of, we're going to talk about the film, but also actually kind of how, how what that film is about really applies today. Uh, but I think we, I think we have to start, we would be remiss if we didn't start by making fun of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard right now. Everybody's talking about it. It's all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> How many times has your wife taken a shit in your bed? And how drunk was she? <laughs> None. I had to think about it, but I'm, I'm going to lock it in, Dan. The answer is zero. <laughs> you had to think about it? <laughs> I mean, so, you know, we've been together for a while. 
I was, trying, well, I was also thinking about like if she did shit the bed, did I shit the bed? And no, I do have I I do know someone who took a shit in a drunken stupor on the floor. Well, that's that that's was, okay. That's okay. Is that okay? <laughs> People were very upset, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, that's funny. Well, I'm. Other than just, you know, Amber Heard allegedly taking a shit in Johnny Depp's bed, which is... And chopping off his finger would, and beating the shit out of him and verbally berating him. Yeah, I was going with the shit part because that's kind of funny. But... Poop is funny. The The thing that I find so fascinating about this case is that it's it's kind of turned the, the whole believe all women thing kind of on its head, which we all knew. We already knew that the phrase believe all women, a lot like defund the police... <coughs> It's just a really garbage catchphrase for your movement. It's an umbrella term. It's just it's so silly. Oh, so you're saying you're saying women have never lied. That's what you're saying about anything. It's never happened before. And no. I've talked about this with people before too, both men and women, with regards to, you know, the the Me Too movement and, you know, when to believe women and and how much to believe women. And we've seen these anecdotal cases where there are these psycho broads that are <laughs> just trying to get whatever it is they want. I don't know whether it's money or fame or whatever. Jada and, Pinkett Smith, Anna Nicole Smith, but Amber Heard. They, they do make like they do make false accusations. It does happen. And to me, those are the accusations that make the Me Too movement not what it's supposed to be, if that makes sense. It it, it does. It, it takes it takes credibility away from women who are actually domestically abused. It's yeah, it's almost equivalent to Jesse Smalia. It's two issues that are like very, very real and happen. Racism in our country is real. Women being sexually assaulted and abused in a world that's predominantly run by men is real. But when you try to make it this absolutist thing, like you said, it kind of hurts the cause because then when you say believe all women, but then Amber Heard comes along and is shitting in people's bed and chopping off fingers and calling people bitches. <laughs> you know, it's Yeah, that's that's that it gives you pause, Dan. Yeah, I mean that that was that was always that that was my take on it when I first heard this because Johnny Depp's supposed to be this, you know. What do you think of when you think of Johnny Depp, at least prior to supposed, supposedly and allegedly beating the shit out of Amber Heard, right? You think of, you know, a man's man, right? That was Johnny Depp. He played, you know, he was fucking Jack Sparrow. You know, Jack Sparrow. Jack he played Sparrow. Hunter S. Thompson. He did play Hunter S. Thompson. That's right. Uh, and so. Twice. Well, once a character in one of his movies and then actual Hunter Thompson himself. Which is another movie I'd recommend for you, Dan, is uh, Rum Diary. It's a good movie. I have seen Rum Diaries. It, I, okay, I, I actually, I actually watch, I don't remember it at all because I'm pretty sure I watched it like half hammered on an airplane. <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. That's actually a novel by Hunter S. Thompson. Books a million times better, but Amber Heard is just beautiful in that movie. This case, though, that's actually it's funny because that's actually where she met Johnny Depp was that's what led to the whole fucking insane craziness that we're seeing play out on national TV. Was on the set of Rum Diaries was where she met him. Yeah, I didn't know that. But this case to me, it's it's opened up a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of discourse about maybe dialing back the boxes that we put everything in. 
You know, right. whether you're talking about Believe All Women or whether you're talking about, uh, what's was, what was the other one that I mentioned? Uh, 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 Defund the Police. Yeah. Right? Just these- Yeah, it, it is. It's, you know, and it's, it doesn't, and like, that's, let's, let's really like try to uh, like clarify this a little bit. Amber Heard as an individual doesn't completely negate the Me Too movement. Like people on the right would probably try to say like, ha, see, look, women are crazy. Fuck Me Too. <laughs> like there are absolutely times where women are definitely targeted way more than men when it comes to trafficking, sexual abuse, date rape, things like that. It happens. Yeah, they have, more, they, have they definitely have more day-to-day things to worry about than we do. <laughs> you know, like, I don't have to worry about shopping at night. And but I mean, just, out to my just car. think about it, right? Like, so if you and I like say we're uh say we're uh, we're we're at a hotel, if you or I, right, and we just it's like two o'clock in the morning. And we want to go down to the lobby for whatever reason. And the elevator opens up and there's just this giant dude there. I'm not going to be scared to get in that elevator. I'm going to hop on and probably make a fart joke. But you, all, you know. but you realize when those doors close, you are trapped in like a six by six box with nowhere to go with this human being that you don't know. Being a mm-hmm. dude, that's not that scary. I mean, I guess under certain circumstances, it could be depending on the situation. But for a woman, you you walk into that elevator and you go... Dude, if 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 like if this guy hits the stop button, what am I gonna do? It's a very it's a very different door. situation. Just getting the door open button, call help. <laughs> you know, Don't but make yeah, it that yeah, simple. no, that's the thing. It's like exactly it, it it when you make everything like absolutist, like believe all women, and then Amber Heard comes along, it hurts that movement. Where it's maybe it's not believe all women, maybe it's Hey, believe each other, <laughs> kind of thing. To where it's wow, like, dude, that sounds like an "all lives matter" kind of statement. There, Corey, you better watch what you say. Did that? Did it kind of? Yeah, it kind of came like that, off though. that way, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of did, didn't it? <laughs> no, what I guess what I'm getting at is like, <clears throat> it shouldn't just be if a woman goes, "Hey, I'm at work and these guys are sexually harassing me." It shouldn't just be a pat on the head and go, "Oh, you're sweet." It's just because you're cute, honey with a pat on the ass and say, get back to work and don't forget to smile. Right. But it also shouldn't be, they're fired immediately. With no <laughs> yeah. It also shouldn't turn into like a Brett Kavanaugh type scenario right. where he, whether, whether, whether what he did or not happened, you know, that was kind of inconclusive. Like everyone made this big stick and they're like, all right, well, let's just forget about it and just make him a fucking Supreme court judge. <laughs> Cause he likes beer. I like beer. Fuck it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? But it's like, how about people regardless of gender are shitty? It's a little bit more nuanced. It's not as catchy as hashtag believe all women. I don't know if you're going to be able to compress this whole conversation into a tweet. And I think maybe that's the problem. Ah, you just did a great segue there, Corey Walsh. Oh, a tweet? Talking about tweets? Talking about twits and twats and Twitters. (laughs) I didn't mean to say twat. Speaking of believe all women. Talking about, yeah, that's just, that was a Freudian slip. Uh, (laughs) Elon Musk, it is official. He's going to own Twitter whenever all the weird dots are crossed and T's are dotted. Uh, I think I got that backwards, but who cares? Uh, You don't dot your T's, Dan? No. Uh, Elon is going to own Twitter, and the hot takes on this, to me, are... 
like we this is the new derangement syndrome. We now have Musk derangement syndrome. Oh yeah, he's the new uh, king of Twitter. He's the he's, not like not just because he owns it, but he is literally the Donald Trump of Twitter now. He, he's he's the king of Twitter. He is going to do nothing but allow white supremacists and Nazis to take over the entire the entire platform. Everybody there else is freedom. Gonna, everybody else is going to be banned. It's going to be this unbelievably. Uh, f- fascist cesspool which by the way it already is uh for different reasons what what yeah oh i said it i said is it, it really yeah you think it's a cesspool yeah have i said yeah, that before yeah, no, i'm just fucking with you <laughs> have, I, have i have i said that before look here's here's the thing like both Oh, you're just going to play both sidesism, Dan. Yep, you know what? I am. I'm going to play both sidesism here on this one because sometimes it fits. You have the right that looks at at Elon Musk as if he's going to be this savior of Twitter. He's going to he's going to he's going to convince Donald Trump to come back, which by the way, Trump's already said he's not coming back because he's going to be truthing some truths on Truth Social instead. <laughs> it did. And it, it, yeah, it's so funny. Elon Musk side note his thing where he's it was such a such a Trumpian tweet when he's like something there's something about Truth Social and he goes, "Which the name sucks by the way." <laughs> In a tweet he said that it should be called Trumpet. <laughs> Just like that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's just how Elon's brain works. Uh, but then you then you have the left that thinks that that Twitter is going to be turned into basically just a neo-Nazi platform. Like it's basically just going to become eight uh, chan or whatever. It's just going to become a QAnon platform now. By the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene already on Twitter, so you don't really have to worry about that. Lord Bowman yeah, already the Q- on Twitter. Two tards are already on there. Yeah, like like what do you want? My take like, is this, and then I'll let I'll let you give yours, Corey. I think I think that like very little is going to change when Elon takes over Twitter because a lot of people one one of the one of the defenses that I keep or one of the the things that I keep seeing people on the left say is that uh, this isn't about free speech this is about Elon doing what's best for Elon and my response is yeah just like the rest of us do things that are best for us yep Elon's probably doing this for his own benefit but yeah I find it interesting. That he's being targeted specifically for not even buying like an actual media outlet like Bezos or, you know what, I'm actually going to, I have a, uh, a a short list of a couple of people who have done this. Five you know, or like six or, or Jeff 12. Bezos owns the Washington Post. John Henry, you know, he's the, he's the trading firm for JW Henry and company. He owns the Boston Globe. Sheldon Adelson owns Las Vegas Review. Lauren Powell Jobs owns the Atlantic. Patrick Soon Shuang owns Los Angeles Times, and Mark Benioff owns Time. So it's like billionaires have already been buying, and like like look at Bloomberg owning Bloomberg. You but, know, but billionaires Corey, are already buying. But Corey, media outlets. He's just owning a platform where people can have their own outlet. But Corey, this is the public square. Remember when they got pissed when we called it the public square back when he didn't own Twitter. When they got mad, yeah, they said, it's said a, start your own. It's a public company, and you just got to go start your own. But now that he owns it, now it's now it's the public square. Now so I it's find the solace square. in that for the fact that it's like exactly like when it's something that isn't mitigated properly, like a public square, and it can just be change hands like this from some billionaires who admitted that their algorithms did suppress right wing media outlets, and went from that to a 
private billionaire now who has complete control of it. Like, in all honesty, it's going from one from one set of billionaires to another billionaire, just knocking off the ass. And you said, but you said right wing media outlets. And here's here's the thing: like, if that has if that's where it, where it stopped, okay. This, it's not just right wingers. It's left wing too. Chris it, Hedges. It, it's not perfect G- example. Jimmy Chris Hedges. Jimmy Dore. Like these guys have all been in 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 trouble with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Barry Weiss. I mean, just reasonable human beings that have Abigail Schreier, right? Like all all of these people that are just reasonable human. The Weinstein's. Beings. Yeah, that have that have they've just been. Yeah, uh, uh, Brett Brett Weinstein and his wife uh, Heather Heather Hying, I believe, is her name. Uh, yeah, these are these are all people that just that are so left. They just, but they just, <laughs> they just, they just keep pushing people to the right, and that's what that's what makes me so mad. As somebody who's called called calls himself a liberal or a leftist, this is like, can we can we stop shrinking our base, please? Can we stop moving the goalposts and shrinking our base every fucking day? I'm right, tired of this you're, shit. You're making this purity test so ridiculous that you're not going to get shit done because of the fact that you, you know, like in a country like ours, it's based on democracy. It's majority rules and you can be as pure as you want. And it's funny because this is almost literally like a conversation we had in like our second episode. <laughs> you can be as pure as you anywhere. want. And you can be as like virtue signaling as you want, but it doesn't matter because if you're turning off a majority of the country, you're not getting shit done. There's a reason why monks don't run the country. You know, people who are just as, you know, like selfless and everything is possible because they're just, they're a niche. And, you know, and, and what do you do about the people on the right who think that this is going to be some sort of, they have some sort Vindication. of weird savior complex about Elon Musk. But we've talked about it's the this- same brain rat. It's the same identity politics brain rat. It is, and it's something that we've talked about a bunch of times with other people on this show, which is that the right just does this thing where they just sit back, and the the right does a great job of this, man. Conservatives do a wonderful job of this. They just sit back, and they just sit there, and they just wait, and they just wait for the left to just push the next person out. They just wait for the left to push them out, and then they and then just they go and, and they scoop them up. Hungry, hungry hippo style, just grabbing everything that's just loose around the table. You're one of us now, Russell Brand, Joe Rogan, Elon Musk. Now, I mean, there there are countless other countless other examples of people that are which all these people laugh about it. But you're making people who are voices that can really help your movement be politically homeless because they don't pass your little purity test. But and I guess the other question would be like, what if what if this what if this was Jeff Bezos? Like, what if this was any other billionaire? Besides Elon Musk, I just wonder what the reaction would be. If it was Jeff Bezos, let's think about that. It probably, there would be some pushback, but he wouldn't be called a racist. You have Sagar and Jenny and Jetty being called a racist now. Right. Yeah. A, a brown guy, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he said that, he goes, I am a an Indian person from this region in India and this person that I'm pushing back against is also Indian from this area. And their last, I'm not even going to try to pretend to say the last names, but he goes, her last name is this. And my mother's maiden name is this. We might even be related. <laughs> are you <laughs> talking about the uh, same area? Are you talking India. about current? Was he talking about current Twitter CEO Parag Agarwal? No, it was some chick from 
did you see the fallout? Like, so he tweeted something and Elon Musk responded. And then a bunch of the tweets were people being idiots because that's what Twitter is. <laughs> and they reached out to, tw- they reached out to uh, Elon at 2 AM was like, would you like to make a response to this? And he was sleeping, obviously. So he didn't have a response. So they're like, oh, and he didn't have a direct response. <laughs> and he's like, this is absolutely insane. Yeah. And what's, what's so great about that is like the, it's, is shitty. And like, as like, much musk derangement syndrome as the left is having over this Twitter purchase. The right, I, I'm, 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 I was actually sitting there and, and trying to go through tweets of the right being stupid on this. And what I did was I went to, I went to a few comedian type journalists and I watched them and I, cause I know they're joking and they're going like Katie Herzog is a great example she tweeted a couple of of things. One of them was, "If Elon Musk buys Twitter, I'm moving to Canada." Which, if you, <laughs> if you know, if you know Katie Herzog, you know that's a joke. Yeah. And and I think she 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 had she had done one other one, and all it was was just these these right wingers going, "It's not an airport. No need to announce your departure." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's clearly a joke. <laughs> it's Relax. Like, it's like it's, and and seven thousand more of those, and I'm like, oh my god, you're all idiots. Every yeah, this one is of practically you. a uh, stuff we shouldn't care about segment. <laughs> what? What? Elon buying Twitter? <laughs> Elon buying Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we should care because my my take is this, man. I, I there's no way he makes it worse. It's impossible for him to make it worse. And right, and if, if all he does is like I'm I'm even on the fence about the edit button. It's whatever you know. Uh, but if he makes the algorithm open source to where people can actually. You, they understand just how Twitter is working and actually make it for the, make it to, for themselves and actually have timelines and not having someone else decide what they think you want to see. I think that'll help a lot in this because uh, the alternative right now, what's happening isn't good because Twitter is like a public platform. Like you want that discourse. You want people. There's going to be a million people on there, you know, that are going to be just, fucking idiots just saying dumb shit like lol libtard lol conservative and you know what fuck them they're not trying to have a good conversation in good faith anyways right but on the flip side of that even if it's even 10 out of 100 interactions on there and it's good faith conversations and it's real discourse of two people that have different uh like beliefs in a political ideological spectrum then that's good for the country because right now the alternative is what those two people who would have had that uh, interaction are now just one's going to go to truth and one's going to stay on Twitter. And then instead of people actually having discourse and coming up with better ideas and having their opinions changed, they're just going to just be solidified in their own political fucking bubble echo chamber. Is that better? No, it's it's not better. But the problem that we keep running into is the term free speech. Now, like what keeps happening now is like we we keep we keep having this issue where terms start to get adopted by the left or the right and like and weaponized, right? So that's what the left is accusing Elon Musk and the right of doing with the term free speech. Like that shouldn't be a political thing. Like free free speech is just free speech. It should just be what it is, which is free speech. Yeah. And so. The left wants to wants to go. Uh, you know, Elon doesn't really want free speech. He just wants liberals. You keep saying left, and I know you're a leftist. I'm sorry, and I, you're I, like Jimmy Dore, and, and I know that you leftists are not luxury belief liberals. Lipstick limousine liberals, the fake With left. luxury beliefs. The fake left is what I should say. Uh, the, these are the people that are like, um, they're like, they're like, 
uh, posting screenshots of of Elon blocking people, right? Going, oh, so Elon really wants free speech, but he's blocking these people. Okay, Elon is just like you are is allowed to block whomever he wants to not On see his what personal they, profile to not see is what he they say. Banning you from using the profile, exactly. That's not like the same Twitter thing. did before with a sitting with a previously sitting president while they still allow people who literally murdered journalists on there. If I don't if I don't want to see something, I can block that person. You can block yeah. that person. Anybody can block anybody, including Elon Musk, is allowed to block people if he doesn't want to see their shit anymore. It's not You know what I was thinking about today actually and it's it has to do with Elon. But I was thinking about like like when we talk about like he's probably not going to change too much when it actually comes to I think the only thing that's going to change is there's probably going to be more apprehension about straight up just blocking someone from the page. That's probably all that's going to be the difference. You know, and I was thinking about like, why would he really, really want it unless he truly believed in free speech, which he might, and that might, he might actually have that. But I was thinking if there was an ulterior motive, what would that be? And you know what I was thinking is the data. He's, he's, he now has just access to everyone's data. And that data is so, so like just worth so much money that like if he decided to start another little like side project, he now has data, a good pool of data from millions and millions of people who decide they like this or dislike that and this and that. And I feel like that's something like this, even if he does, if this, it doesn't make a lot of money for him, it's going to be something that he's going to be able to use to make money in other aspects. He's also, he's also, does that make sense? It, it does make sense. And that that's a possibility. But I think another possibility is like, he's just a weirdo, man. He's not a right. Ra- and I mean that in the most endearing way possible, because I love Elon. Uh, he's just a weird guy who likes to just do weird things that n- nobody else wants. And to he do. has the pocketbook to and, do it. And the world doesn't think can possibly be accomplished. I mean, the guy's trying to go to fucking Mars for Christ's sakes. Why is that any weirder or 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 crazier than just? And just I'm gonna buy Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what kills me too. Is like he literally, in like in this, in like from like the most absurd to like the most practical, and the things he's done that you would think the left would be happy with, and on the on the it's the most absurd side of the spectrum is he literally challenged Putin to a hand to hand combat fight to the death <laughs> instead of Putin killing people in Ukraine. Remember when he did that? He goes, "You're killing people." I forget what he said. It's I'm definitely paraphrasing it, but he goes, he said something along the lines of like, "You're killing people in Ukraine. Let's settle this right now." Mono mono one to one battle trial by combat. Yeah, he gave Starlink to Ukraine. He has his solar panel thing where he's trying to make it to where, like, not necessarily make solar panels, but he's trying to make it cost effective to where shingles for houses are solar panels. He's making it to where people can have batteries in their houses. He's working on public transportation with his Hyperloop. And he has made he has made electric vehicles. Sexy. Not only sexy, but he's, I think we talked about this last week, they, he's made it so that they are, they're, they're 10, 15 years more advanced than they otherwise would be without him. Yeah, he's made. Dude, and, I was driving and, home and, not, and I not saw only like that, five Corey, or six. Not only CDs. that, Corey, but they're cheaper. They're ten to fifteen years cheaper than they probably would be. Like to buy a base model Tesla right now. I'm not going to lie; it's not like you know you can't just go out and throw a couple shekels at it. It's still but expensive. it's competitive to a yeah. new car of any other thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and that's what kills me is like when it comes to the brass tax, remove the identity politics. Elon Musk is a fucking leftist. 
Yeah, but then you throw the identity politics in, and 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 one of the one of the biggest things I've seen about Twitter's uh, his purchase of Twitter is he's you know trying to make it a platform for white men. It's it's all about it's, he doesn't care about free speech. He cares about free speech for white men. That's what I've seen. When he starts banning the platform from black people, then my opinion obviously exactly. will change. We will absolutely change our opinion on that. But he's not, you know, and it's discourse. Like me personally, fundamentally, is all speech is good speech. I have, I can disagree with it. I can tell somebody that they're a fucking idiot, but that speech is my God given right to say that just as much as it's someone to make a dumbass statement. And then I can go, well, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. Yep. And, and that's the thing too, is like in a utopian world, right? If we could just have Twitter say, okay, white supremacists, you're banned. Uh, racists, you're banned. If in a utopian world, we could make that happen without it snowballing into moving goalposts as we've seen over the last five years, then I'd be okay with it. I would. I'd be okay with just banning white supremacists, banning anti-Semites, banning racists. But the problem is, once you get rid of those people, the target always shifts to the next thing. And the next thing is, right now you've moved into this category since that since those people are gone. And it just keeps going. We've, we've watched, Corey, we have watched this take place over the past six years, right? It started with Alex Jones, you know? For real, dude. You and it's just have- snowballed. You could literally be the most woke person, have BLM, hashtag BLM, hashtag protect Ukraine, hashtag, you know, all of them, LGBTQ. You can have a LGBTQ banner on your cover photo. And then all of a sudden, if you're like, hey, I think Pfizer might be in this for the money. You're not saying. <laughs> all of a sudden, saying. yeah, you're attacked. You're an Nazi, and you you're literally banned. could have been sitting there passing out water bottles and telling police to fuck off at a identity like at a uh, BLM protest. And that's you, know, you could. And that's the problem, right? That's the problem with censoring speech, which is why I would rather see Nazi propaganda on Twitter and have people shit all over it as they should. Because even Nazi propaganda is arbitrary at this point, Dan. I mean, I look at is, the ASOF yeah. Battalion. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. They're, they're okay. Good. They're good Nazis. Those and are good Nazis. For anybody just listening, I'm doing the quotation uh, fingers here. They're good Nazis because they're yeah, on because our team. The Azov Battalion is is very blatantly a white supremacist group, but they're a militia that's in Ukraine fighting the Russians. So you're actually allowed to share and buy their merchandise on Twitter and Amazon and things like that. But you know, as you should be able to. As you should be able to, right, Corey? I believe you should. Yeah, you should. I think, yeah, you know, like, again, like, if I walk in someone's house, I think, you know, like, I think that someone has a right to buy those type of things just as much as I think I have a right that if I see somebody wearing an ASOF Battalion shirt in a mall, I can look at them and go, you're a fucking moron. You're literally, uh, you know promoting white nationalism and you're helping fund their little white supremacist cause or and if they say well fuck you i bought this shirt for free i mean i bought this shirt online it's (laughs) allowed for free it's like yeah that's fine but you know what people are also buying faraday boxes and you're a fucking moron (laughs) (laughs) or i'll give you another another example dude you you you, because you and i have both experienced this right you 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 go into somebody's property they're kind of dumb and they have a Confederate flag hanging in their garage. 
you're allowed to be like, dude, that's a traitor flag. And I shouldn't have to explain to you why that's a traitor flag. Yeah. Oh, a good, nice uh, participation trophy up there you got for a bunch of treasonous yeah. assholes yeah. for our country. That person has a right to fly that flag. Go ahead, fly that flag. I don't care. And I have a right to call them an idiot for uh, it. Exactly. I have the right to call you an idiot for it. And it, 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 it's, it, Twitter is no different, or at least it shouldn't be any it's different. It's just more convenient. Is that, is because like, is if the, that person that flies his, that Confederate flag in his own barn, is that grounds to evict him from the country like he's got to leave now just like if somebody's got a confederate flag in, in their twitter profile picture do you, do you when well, i have to ban them right yep no you ain't no place for you in this country I boy just, i don't know i don't i oh god why do we talk about this stuff i quit because <laughs> that's what the people want Dan. i quit this show <laughs> anyway to wrap this up elon buying twitter my end of the, my my end game opinion is this: can't make it any worse. Stop making it more than it is. Yeah, we got go after the real fucks that are actually buying media, like trusted media sources, because we all know Twitter for what it is. It's a bunch of idiots on there arguing with each other. <laughs> You're not going on there to find it. Like you don't cite <laughs> Twitter for a for a published paper for a peer reviewed thing. You don't cite Twitter. For anything other than showing a tweet to like shit on somebody. But you know what? You cite the Washington Post. Like Marge Green. You cite Time. And those are owned by billionaires. I can't stop calling her Marge Green. Oh, Marge. That should be. That should, we got to stop calling her. We got to stop calling her by that uh, that that really upscale name of Marjorie Taylor Green. It's just, yeah, she's, just Marge. She's just Marge Green. How about Margarine? Fake butter. Yeah. Did you know that? She does. She's kind of built like fake butter, isn't she? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just picturing her face and like the hue, the hue of her face. It's very margarine like. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, did you know that margarine was actually like, like I was listening to this thing. uh, It's a podcast called My History Can Beat Up Your Politics. It's a little bit of a tangent, but it talks about it was like, how fast, like just silly regulations can get out of hand. Yeah. And how, because when mar- margarine came out, it made the price uh, per cattle drop. So everyone freaked out. And like margarine was, was like banned. outlawed. Yeah, it was and banned. banned. And then when they brought it back, you couldn't make it yellow like butter. And they, some people were adding a pink, uh, pink hue. Or you to had to it. pay, you had to, like, if I remember this correctly, you had to pay, you had to pay a tax if you wanted to, to color it like butter. Yeah. And so what they were doing to get around that was like people were just putting little dye packets of yellow in the package. And before you open it, you just pre- smashed it, pushed it, and it broke the packet. And then you had to mix it up. Dude, that that actually kind of ties into my monologue a little bit. Yeah. You want me to do it now? Yeah, it's, it's when like how much regulation is too much regulation. People talk about when like the, one of the rice talking points is, is let's get rid of regulations and people freak out. And it's like, no, some regulations are bad. Like, you know why we get to enjoy craft beers? It's because Sam Adams spent millions of dollars making it to where microbreweries were able to up their barrel per year uh, like uh, limit to where they could actually sell their shit and not get taxed like big corporations. So the next time you drink the piss water of craft beer, which is Sam Adams, which by uh, that's that's honestly, that's not a slight if I got to choose a beer, 
Sam Adams is definitely not the Sam last. Adams makes a good beer. It's not the last on my list. But the reason but. why everyone gets to drink these good craft beers that have, you know, 3,000 IBUs because they're just literally just shoving hops down the neck of the bottle. It's because less regulation. That's because of less regulations. Shall I get to my monologue since we're on it? Yeah, why not? We're on get something. We're on something. We're on something similar here. This this monologue honestly is this was like one of my last minute. I couldn't figure out what the hell I wanted to write about. And Those I are s- usually the best. I saw a couple articles. It's 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 nice and short and and this this actually is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. So my monologue this week, minorities aren't smart enough to make decisions for themselves. Just ask the FDA. Uh, if, you're, if, you, if you are currently or have ever been a cigarette smoker, you know the deal. You've heard it all. That's a filthy habit. Those things will kill you, you know. Smoking is one of the world's leading causes of death. I thought you were trying to quit. Anyone who has ever been a smoker remembers or still experiences the constant nagging, the endless comments about how you're going to die if you don't make that your last butt ever, the callous remarks about how somebody else was able to quit and just how easy it was, different things you should try. Many of these remarks made by people that have no idea what the fuck you're going through. How much you hate yourself for letting a tiny stick of dried leaves rolled up into a little piece of paper control your movement, your eating habits, and the way that you sleep. Cigarette smokers don't need you to tell them how nasty smoking is. I know I was one for 10 years. They don't need you to take their pack away and douse them with water and throw the pack in the trash. They don't need negative reinforcement in any form. They need you to be supportive. If a close friend asks you to take their cigarettes from them, then by all means do so. But if you catch them a week later huddled in the corner of the yard, chiefing on a month-old butt that they found in the ashtray that was sitting in the corner of the garage, you don't get to be upset with them. Can you tell I've been through this before? Trust me, they're upset with themselves enough for both of you. Nicotine is widely regarded as pound for pound the most addictive drug known to man. The dopamine release from nicotine rivals any drug you can think of. It's a drug of choice for more people on the globe than any other drug combined. Does that mean it should be banned? Of course not. Not just from the point of view of some libertarian making a great point about how prohibition has never worked, but also because millions, if not a billion or so, of those people going into nicotine withdrawal all over the globe at the same time would spark a World War III before Putin's nuclear arsenal ever could. Since banning nicotine isn't feasible by any metric, the war on tobacco often turns to preferred delivery methods starting with the banning of most tobacco advertising in the U.S. in 1970, up into the banning of flavored cigarettes in 2009. Not to mention the recent attempts to ban flavors in smoking alternatives like vapes. All of these were attempts to, quote, save the children. Always an effective fear-mongering trope to remove more freedom of choice from our collective lives is say that we're saving the children. 
However, the FDA is now sticking their noses into the racial justice realm. Saving the children wasn't enough. The FDA now has to be responsible for saving African Americans from their own impulses. I'm sure you're gathering how fucking racist that actually is. So let me explain. The FDA is pushing for a ban on menthol cigarettes. Menthol is not exclusive to the black community, but is preferred by over 80% of black cigarette smokers. Compare this to about 30% of white cigarette smokers, and you can see what this is really about. Just another attempt at racial justice and equity turning out to actually be more racist than the original problem. This is the government attempting to save black people from themselves, suggesting that black people that excuse me, suggesting that black people don't have the capacity to make their own choices as to how to live their lives. The FDA's defense that the rule would quote address health disparities experienced by communities of color. The thinking being that if we ban menthol more black smokers will quit. As if there won't be workarounds, or black smokers just won't convert to regular smokes. There's no real evidence that suggests that menthol cigarettes are any more or less addictive or harmful than regular cigarettes. As of 2018, the number of American adult smokers had reached an all-time low of 13.7%, according to the CDC. That number in early 2020 fell to 12.5%. So if menthol isn't worse than regular, and the number of cigarette smokers continues to decline, then what is this really about? It's paternal action for a minority group in the name of phony activist racial justice. Cigarette smoking is bad for your health. We know it. We've known it for decades. Smokers know it. And even though the FDA may not think so, yes, black smokers also know it. If the FDA really thinks that any of their previous measures of prohibition are the reason for any decline in cigarette use, it's very easy to prove them wrong. The decline in cigarette use is directly correlated with the truth about the health effects of cigarette smoking coming out, with less tobacco with with tobacco comp, with tobacco companies finally admitting the product is deadly, albeit very quietly. Less and less kids are smoking simply because their parents did. We don't need the FDA promoting more prohibition. The black community certainly doesn't need more phony, paternalistic, condescending, racist activism. And my point on this, Corey, is just admit what you're doing. You're getting rid of menthol cigarettes to, quote unquote, protect the black community, and you don't even understand how racist that actually is. Yeah, it's it's the white knight syndrome. Like here, let me tell you what you need. Black people, cigarettes are bad, so we're not going to give you your menthol anymore. So maybe you'll never mind the Marble Man and Joe Cool and the Camel and all of this other stuff. It's really funny to me because right when we first started our show almost a year ago now, uh, one of the very first posts I made on our Instagram was how teen smoking was like all of a sudden just skyrocketing because they started blocking vapes and stuff like that. And it was just, just shows that, you know, like based, like look at weed, look at alcohol, 
prohibition just doesn't fucking work. And who, like, I just don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you said in this whole thing, it's like, why are they targeting something that it targets minority, like that they think targets minorities? I mean, now granted, I'm sure the tobacco companies do target minorities with menthols because, you know, you know what they do, Corey? The marketing thing because black people prefer Newports. You know, what, you, know, you, know, you know who the tobacco companies target? Poor Everyone. people. Poor people. Poor people. Poor people smoke. Like that's that's just that's the world we live in. It's why, it, it, and it's not just the tobacco companies, right? It's alcohol companies. Why do you why do you think there's a fucking liquor store on every corner in every low income city in America? Meanwhile, if you live in the suburbs, you might have to drive a couple miles to get to a liquor store. It's not a coincidence. They do this stuff on purpose. But yeah, it's it's where the market is. But that doesn't mean that the FDA can come along and say, we'll take these menthols away because obviously you... You bl- can't handle you, it you, yourself. You black and brown people can't decide not to smoke anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. It's like, are menthol cigarettes bad? <laughs> obviously, this isn't 1965. We all know cigarettes are bad. But there's, but, no, there's no proof that menthol is any worse. Right, but who, that, what, even if there was, you know, it's like... Why is daddy government getting to decide who they're going to protect, you know? And it's just, yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane to me that it's like, if you want to, do you want to tackle cigarettes and go up to cigarettes? Sure. But this whole brain rot identity politics. So, well, these black people just don't know what's good enough for them. We'll help. We have to tell them that they have to vote Democrat. And we're going to have to tell them that they uh, that they have to that that they're not allowed to smoke menthol cigarettes. They can't make they obviously can't make that decision. They can't. For themselves. They got it's daddy government's got to help them out. It's garbage. Yeah. It's garbage, and it's targeted at black people, and it's it, it's it's racism in the name of anti racism. It just in, yeah. in, in the name of of of, of holding the hand it's, of the minority community. Yeah, it's like, how about instead of worrying about menthol cigarettes, let's get the police properly trained in your neighborhoods and have faces that represent the neighborhood. Well, to be fair, the FDA doesn't have anything to do with that. But still, (laughs) I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, well, the FDA is just another alphabet agency from the whole government. Yeah, well, that's true. And it's like, like, yeah, it's, it's insane to me. It's insane to me because like cigarettes kill people. We know that, but where is the, like, why, like, why are the menthols other than like you said, like, oh, well they affect black people. They're targeting black people. Why is, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. It's there. I'm trying to articulate it properly. It just happens to be their choice. I don't know what goes into why black people prefer menthol cigarettes. Oh, I'm sure marketing is a huge part of it. They just do. Just like uh, country boys like their marbles, you know, like Marlboro literally targeted or their Copenhagen, like Marlboro literally targeted people who. That's know, right. Yeah. They, are, yeah. The cowboy that, that yeah. dig the, the country trope and stuff like that. They had the Marlboro man, you know, like he was over there in 996, this big, tall guy with, on his horse smoking cigarettes. That's true. Yeah. The Marlboro man was kind of a, 
Yeah, and it's, it's like, like instead of like a yeah, cowboy guy. But either, but either way, like, like say the FDA flipped this around and was like, we got to get rid of uh, unfiltered cigarettes to save the, you know, the, the the old white male community. It's it's the same thing. You're you're directing it at something that has to do with. It's a ploy, not going after the actual cause. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi wearing African American garb. When George Floyd died and taken a knee, and we're just you know, trying to help. We're just trying to help you. Trying to help. Yeah, you we're just yourself. trying to help you. Listen, you're obviously not smart enough to make this decision for yourself, so we're going to do it for you. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's patronizing. That's that's like, it, it, yeah. I don't need to have a long form like response to it. it. It's patronizing and it's condescending to go into a community and tell them you obviously not smart enough to make and this decision for yourself as as somebody who was who was a cigarette smoker for 10 years to the point where I've now I haven't actually quit nicotine I still love cigars and I still smoke I still chew these chiclets here because I'm still addicted to nicotine but what I what I can tell you is I don't need to be told and I feel like any black person who smokes menthol cigarettes feels the same way nobody needs to be told that nicotine is addictive and then cigarettes are going to kill you. We don't. We oh, don't need it to be yes, told that anymore. Quick, uh, Obi, he he asked, "What do you think about the plan in New Zealand to prevent anyone younger than eighteen in twenty twenty five ever being old enough to buy cigarettes?" So now this is a different country, and, you know. And we like me and Dan like really try to like go with the whole sovereign state thing, to where they can make that decision for themselves. But for me personally. I honestly think that when it comes to personal liberty, you know, if somebody wants to smoke a cigarette, then let them, you know, like now granted, should we have PSAs and have all the information available to say that smoking is bad for you because we know that that's the case? Absolutely. Maybe nicotine gum and everything should be a government subsidized thing to where like if somebody wants to quit smoking because they fucked up and made that decision. Let's give them all of the tools possible to quit because we know it's going to kill you. But when it comes to the government actually starting to set laws like this, it's all based on precedent. So now that the government can just say, make an arbitrary law, we're banning cigarettes. What's next? Sugars. Saturated fats. I don't know. Bloomberg already tried that in New York. Remember when he tried to shrink the soda bottles? Anything that's unhealthy for you. Oh well, I'll tell you what. You know, cars are tech. No, no, that that's done. That sounds like a right talking point. That's that's <laughs> That's done. Uh, I'm just trying to think of something where it's like that everyone does. Caf- you know, caffeine. You know, like everything has a little bit of a negative effect that you use. Um, let's give all the information possible to everyone to where they have that informed choice to make it for themselves. I don't think we need the government to make the law itself. But I think that the government has every right to really push the guidance. Does that make sense? It does. And and here's what I would say about New Zealand. If I were a New Zealander, I would not be for it. I'm not for it. I'm not, I'm not for, I'm just not for prohibition. I don't think prohibition make any, makes any sense. I don't think it works. It, it just, it's one of those things where it's like, your parents tell you you can't have something, so what do you want to do? You want to go do right. the thing. You want to go do the thing that you're that you're not supposed to do. So, you know, at, like with what you said, with New Zealand choosing to invoke this law, as much as they would 
do that if they can make it work. Great. If not, I still think the New Zealand peep the people of New Zealand have the right as a a a, a you know a bill of rights kind of guy, which they don't have in New Zealand. But what I would say is that they still have the right to fight this law. And if they feel like they should fight this law, then they should fight this law. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And like, yeah. So uh, like Leash actually came in and he said that at the point that they're making is it's about race and it's not that the FDA using race as a motivator. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, if they came out, like we already have PSAs that say, Hey, smoking is bad. But it's this weird Papa government thing that comes in and goes here. You obviously can't make this decision for yourself, so we're gonna make it for you. They, yeah, they and I don't it. like the precedent. Me, so me personally, I don't like the precedent of that being set with anything because when it's used for one thing, it can be used for the next, and it's just a snowball effect that can lead to other things. To where all of a sudden. We're getting it to a point where we can't do half the stuff that we enjoy. I just, because realized, I just realized we sound like tobacco lobbyists. Oh, I'm not a tobacco lobbyist at all. I think that, you know, like in lieu of this, like let's actually put pictures of lungs like on cartridges like they do in London and stuff like that to where it's like Canada cigarettes are bad. Too, yeah. Cigarettes are bad. Guys, cigarettes are bad. Okay. We all well, I have, I, have, I, have a, I have a small issue with that because I do, I do love premium cigars. I usually smoke one a day, and part of the fun of a good premium cigar is the band. And Canada has this has it's it's funny because like I I see pictures of friends that I have that are in Canada that love cigars, and they some of sometimes they get the actual nice artful band, but other times they have to like take that band off and put like a generic like black and white band on it. I'm sorry. That's just me. I'm just being selfish. I just I don't want cigar bands to go away. <laughs> <laughs> you just want your fancy little cigar band to show up. Like, I love my cigar bands. Cigar bands like, are cool, man. They're if they art. took away the Louis Vuitton symbol on my $800 handbag, then what's the point of buying it? I can just buy a $20 handbag. <laughs> <laughs> I just want my pretty cigar bands. That's all. Don't take my cigar bands away. It's my freedom. You want to get into red pill, blue pill here, Corey Walsh? Yeah, go ahead and uh, lay it on me. Let me just set it up for you. Which pill you swallow in red pill, blue pill? This is about Disney. Disney worker treatment. Disney, not a friend of the left. Red pill, blue pill. So the red pill is Disney is a bunch of tax evading groomers. I hate that word. <laughs> I fucking hate that word now, man. Blue pill is Disney is the woke hero of everything identity. <laughs> Except for the left doesn't actually use the word woke anymore, so maybe I should rephrase that. But you know what I'm trying to say. That, that's funny. I, I forgot we actually like laid it out like that on Tuesday, and it just sounds so funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're either groomers or they're the saviors of identity politics. Yeah, if you're trans, you're a groomer, according to the right, and if you're not trans, you're a Nazi, according to the lipstick liberals. <laughs> you know, honestly, um I think I'm going to go blue pill on this one. Yeah? Good for you. Yeah, no, I'm blue pilling it up. And I'm going to say that because the way that <laughs> The right is coming after Disney. All it's going to do is just fuck all these poor people that live in these counties. <laughs> all to just own, all to own Disney. And 
when we should have been trying to own Disney forever because now all of a sudden, like, and like, that's it too. It's like, we're talking about big, rich people, right? We're talking about these big, rich people. Like Elon Musk is now an enemy because he bought Twitter and that billionaires are bad, but the left is just simping for, I'm sorry, lipstick liberals with their luxury beliefs sitting in limousines are simping for Disney right now because for no other reason that the right is attacking them. And when you really think about Disney, it's like, they're not, they're not good for workers movements or anything like that. Anyways, they've always been like, I know that there's always been that, that anti-Semitic trope that's just shrouded Disney since the beginning. Yeah. I mean, Walt Walt hated Jews. We know that that's true. Um, That's been proven. You know, the, the liberals used to have a real distaste for them in the 60s, 70s, and 80s because of the fact that, like, who they represented. Do you remember even up to recently, up until they changed their little uh, algorithms and their formulas for their shows, up until recently, it was always a white blonde woman in distress and a man comes and saves her. That's <laughs> what it always is. And it's this beautiful blonde woman. And there's no representation for anybody outside of this petite white woman or this strong masculine white man. And that was a big deal for a long time. Then yeah. everyone fucking got pissed off at them. So they started coming out with movies like Milan, Red, um, Moana, you know, Lilo and Stitch. Let's be honest, a lot of those movies are a response to people from Outcry of saying, where is my representation? Well, and which is fair. I'm not pushing against that and that idea. Like, there's millions of families, if not billions of families, that are of other cultures that aren't represented by one of the biggest media outlets. And they know that they can make more money if they do that. It's a profit driven company. Sure. But all of a sudden, now the right attacks them and the left just forgets all of that. They forget the fact that in Haiti, they're paying people to make fucking Pocahontas fucking blankets at 18 cents an hour or 18 cents a day, you know, and then, and like, and they're getting fucked all the time by the NCLB or like, what is it? The national labor board, the NLB and stuff like that is going into these other countries and going, yeah, well, you're paying underage people to work and way less rate wages than they're supposed to be for 17 hours a day. And we're giving all of that a pass because DeSantis is a piece of shit. Which I agree with. He is a piece of shit. But <laughs> it's like, this is what happens when we have identity politics. And it goes back to it. All of these different com- companies that they, all of a sudden, they come out and like, they're super staunch on social, political, and culture war uh, hot topic of the week. Whether it's the LGBTQ community or it's the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Because when they do that, And they come out and they have a stance on that. Everybody argues about this company and their stance on that. And they don't talk about the fact that they're paying 13-year-olds to work 14 hours a day, seven days a week in the middle of China where they're getting verbally abused and assaulted and things like that. And it's just absolutely insane. Or the fact that the workers at their parks are working like 70 hours a week for like $15 an hour. And I understand 15 is what we were all fighting for. Right. But we talked about this last week when we talked about the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the workers rights movements, which is that it's not just about the money. It's not always about the money. 
Obi Jaws gets it, man. He goes, no one on the real left, and I mean in terms of reaction the relation to capital is pro disney and that's yeah that's like kind of what we're getting at but it's like the lips like we the limits so we liberals, always man. distinguish on the show between the left and you know we call them like the lipstick liberals the limousine liberals with their luxury beliefs it's actually a very wise statement because we have people here who consider themselves liberal who are pretty affluent or uh, in relative terms to the whole world are pretty well off you know, and they actually do okay to the point where they're comfortable enough to where they don't have to argue about people getting paid 18 cents a day to where they get to argue about whether or not somebody is racist or not racist or not. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, it's a very privileged argument we get to have in America and I'm not knocking it because we can always do better, but yeah, it's exactly, it's like their sins are washed away. Because the right is attacking them, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going blue pill because of the fact that it's like, uh, it's it's dumb. <laughs> it's, it's stupid that that the Santas is literally fucking over his own constituents just to own the libs. I know, dude. I'm I'm going. I'm actually going blue pill myself because, uh. A lot, a lot of what you said about the way that Disney progressed throughout the years, right? I think, I think, really, God, thinking of my childhood, right? It probably started with like the original Lion King. I guess you could say was a little bit more diverse, just because you obviously had James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Yeah, do you remember right? them? Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the people in it were black, and they made a big deal that they had the African music. I remember, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. do you remember the VHS at the end of it? And they talked about the making of the movie, and like I remember vividly seeing them bringing an actual lion into like the actual like sketch room when they're doing all the storyboards and stuff. And they were talking about how they it was so inclusive, and they brought in all these people from all over the world to make sure that they got all this right and stuff like that. So that's probably where it started, and then obviously you had Pocahontas shortly thereafter. Oh no, no, no! It started with Rescuers Down Under, Dan. Those were Australians. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different culture, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I look at that and I look at the way like Disney's progressed in that, you know, progressive way. I, that's a really stupid, redundant statement, but I think everybody knows what I mean. Uh, but it, 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 this is like, it's always been a thing, right? Like when you were talking about the way Disney has progressed in their, you know, their takes on films and, and being more inclusive and being more progressive, my, my first thought was, do you remember, do you remember what the first, homosexual kiss was on like network television. Do you remember this? No. I don't remember what year it was. It would have been sometime in the mid 90s. It was on Ellen DeGeneres' sitcom. Ellen. She she came she actually came out on her sitcom in real life as gay. Do you remember this? You remember this? I have no. You have to look it up. Uh so this why Dude, this <laughs> you're telling me about it now. <laughs> this this was absolutely like looked at by the the I mean, I guess you would call them the Christian right as just Well, they probably lost their oh fucking mind. Oh my god, it was the end of the world. It was the end of the world. Everybody's a groomer. It was it was it was, it was the, the 90s. <laughs> I love the, I love that. Now the 90s equivalent groomer, of what we're seeing today. Racist, uh white supremacist. All those words just don't mean shit anymore. They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. Everyone's a groomer. Everyone's a racist. Everyone's a pedophile. And so 
I don't think that the way Disney has made their movies, even going up until today, is really that off base from the way that society has progressed, right? So, like, and, uh, yeah, and like, and like, real quick, just to, just to ground ourselves here, I'm not against in- inclusivity, right? I think it's really important that a black girl, like a small black child, growing up, can see herself being represented in a Disney movie. Makes sense. Yeah, just in general, you know what I mean. Just like you, you know, like well, a Disney we, movie. A Disney movie is like a good platform for that because yeah. little kids love Disney movies. Yeah, but it's when it gets into shit like what we're talking about right now, to where all of a sudden now Disney's getting a pass for treating employees like shit, like because they check off an identity politic thing that other than. Other than giving you the warm and fuzzies and giving you your little check marks, like, oh, well, I'm glad I support them because of the fact that they're LGBTQ, you know, they're pro LGBTQ. I can do that. But what the fuck does that do in real life for the actual LGBTQ community? Doesn't matter, dude. What the fuck does that in real life actually do for the black black community? Doesn't matter. All you got to do is check the boxes. As long as you check the boxes, you're good to go. You're good on Twitter. Yeah. And it's just, (laughs) it's just keys. Keys being dangled. Look over here. Don't worry about this eight-year-old over here that we're making them work more hours than your dad for literally a hundredth of the percentile of what he makes. So we're both swallowing the blue pill here, Corey. There's going to be a lot of people that are proud of us. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've both done that. I know. I've been doing red pill quite a bit here lately. <laughs> you just you dirty conservative. Yeah, so, so for any new listener, we try to do a thing on the show where we find us this ridiculous topic where both – sides are just so off base on it and we just do our best to try to pick either side to go with it and so and we get one bullet per month to put in our heads to where we don't have to choose either and i use mine on the first day of the month this year or this month so. i haven't taken a bullet at all this year good for you at this, this month this month month week month year that time time is relative and it's all made up Corey, uh on our next segment how woke is too woke oh man <laughs> Let me. You got to you got to regroup. Uh, I'm looking for the banner for it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have what, what was our woke is too woke. I forgot. <laughs> Actually, I don't think we have a banner for it. To be honest with you, I might have screwed that up. That's okay. Uh, we'll take this one down anyway. Uh, so our how woke is too woke is no commies at the Boston Marathon, Gordon. Oh God damn it! You're right. That's what it was. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. No commies, no commies allowed at the Boston Marathon. If your last name ends in ski or of, get the fuck out of here. Or Ova or in. I'm trying to think of other Russian ending names. Key. Uh, Chuk. I know what we're doing right now. We're both thinking of hockey players' names. (laughs) Taking the last four letters. That last one was totally Ilya Kovalchuk. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) Um, Anybody who's not a hockey fan has no idea who the fuck that is, including Corey Walsh. Sook. Of. Ev. (laughs) Chuk. I'm just thinking of the 1996 Red Wings team. Anyway, uh, the Boston Marathon didn't allow any Russians. And that's fucking too woke for me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's try to get all the Russian. We go, I don't understand why the Russian citizens aren't 
actually standing up against their government when they have a funneled media that only the government gets to tell them what they what to hear. And then we go and give that same funnel of information fodder by blocking Russians from doing anything in the world ever again. I'll give you a comparison. So uh, the, the Taliban currently runs Afghanistan, right? They do. They do. Do you okay. think do you think that <laughs> do you think that we would be banning Afghani runners from running in the Boston Marathon? Fuck no we wouldn't. A hundred percent. What when when I cannot believe in twenty twenty two we are still in a place where we still think that the Russian people represent what Putin is doing in, in Ukraine. And we've talked about... Well, we try to... We pretend to say, well, we love the Russian people, but we just don't want him here running on the street because that's just unacceptable. <laughs> we can't have them representing that r- redness, that we red We can't nation. have them in something that just any Joe Schmo can sign up for and that isn't <laughs> even an official thing. By the way, they paid for it. <laughs> But apparently the BAA. Uh, what does the BAA stand for? I don't know. Boston. Boston Athletic Association. Uh, so the, so bah. the so bah. Like a bunch of goddamn sheep so to the, me there, so boy. The, so the sheep <laughs> are going to attempt to repay the Russian athletes that were banned. What's like? Then why'd you ban them? Oh, thank <laughs> what God. Are we, what are we talking you about here? Tell me they get their money back. Thank God. You know, because <laughs> I really was going to say that this is a bit of an uh, of, of, of an overreach, but. <laughs> As long as they're getting their money refunded, the th- the thing that the thing that crushes me is like the limousine liberal left. I'm going to keep using that term that wants to scream about human rights. Also wants to portray Russian citizens as if they're Putinites. Right, and like let's let's really break this down and think about this. If a Russian during all of this, when nationalism is at an all-time high, both here in our country and over there, when it comes like when I'm saying, well, actually here it's not necessarily nationalism, and we won't come back till it's over over there. Yeah, and it's it's like if if the media over there is taught in a vacuum to where it's just straight pro-Russian shit, and someone still has a clear enough mind to go, hmm, yeah, my media is telling me that it, that America wants me dead, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go run a marathon over there. Do <laughs> you really think that they're all of a sudden this pro-Putinite type person? You know what I, like, you understand what I'm saying? Or it's like, if they're trying to still engage and be active in our things here, you really think, like, like what is it, some sort of cosmonaut? I they're just, over there, like in no. some red, just in the middle of the in the middle of the thing, trying to get information from these other people who can't even talk. Like uh, Corey, uh, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where I sit there and I go, "How much different are we as a society from the way that we were in 1943?" I mean, this is this is a country, we're not. and, and I, I'm just going to speak about America because that's where I'm from. I know our history best. I understand the world has different stories to tell, but when we you know, when you look back at the fact that we put Japanese people in, in camps and 
there's there's just there's this xenophobia to whomever we just don't like at that particular time, right? Like let's fast forward to our lifetimes, right? Let's fast forward to 9/11. And let's fast forward to how we felt about I'm not saying us personally, but collectively, how it seemed like we felt about anybody who was brown with any sort of headdress on, right? Well, you saw Sikh temples getting shot up. They're not Muslims. And they got shot up. Because, oh yeah, because if, because but because because they were if brown. You had a turban. You were uh uh-uh. uh because <clears throat> because they were brown and you know and now Russia is the new thing, right? There's this now. There's this Russophobia, right? Because we're in a semi proxy war with the Russians, right? So we're not supposed to like Russians, too, actually. How it's one thing in our history that we've been that you and I have observed. Is when it came to a proxy war, it was always kind of like hush hush. It's like I don't understand how the Muhajidin is getting a bunch of weapons to fight the Russians. Where is that coming from? <laughs> you know, where is the Viet Cong getting all of these weapons to fight us? Where is this coming from? But like this one, it's we're just out in the open, just straight up. Yeah, we're just gonna send. Billions of dollars to Ukraine for weapons. Yeah, hundred more million, hundred more million for weapons to the Isn't Ukrainians. That, doesn't that piss you off? Just how easy our government does just write off billions of dollars for, like, when it comes to war. But when it comes to anything else, when it comes to American citizens, it just takes eight years of red tape for anything. Yeah, yeah. Because What's up, Raytheon. That's some general dynamics. There's money to be made there, and that's 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 what we talk. That's gets back to one of the basises of our show and what we try to to talk about which is that the 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 victim the worthy victims versus unworthy victims right so when you talk about ukraine versus i don't know who we're talking about here yemen doesn't matter right nobody cares about yemen yeah you care about yemen i care about yemen but nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah, the collective here is like, oh, their 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 skin color is a little bit too dark, <laughs> so we're just going to ignore arguably bigger humanitarian crises in the world brought on by the Saudis. You can't piss off the Saudis; they might what? not pump oil for us. Oh wait, <laughs> they're already not doing that. The things that matter, Corey Walsh. The things that matter. Yeah. Should we, uh, I don't know, we wanted to get to next. What do we got next? Fear and Loathing in Aspen. Ooh, okay. Yeah, let's talk about that. We're going to do do a new segment called Hell in a Handbasket because apparently Faraday cages work, but I did not take a close enough look at this. Okay, yeah, so the Faraday cages. (laughs) So that's what I said. America is going to Hell in a Handbasket. So when the whole QAnon thing was sprouting up and then that led into a complete distrust of any institution in our, in our country by the whole QAnon society. And one of the things that they didn't trust was 5g internet and 5g towers and stuff. And it caused COVID causing cancer. And it was, yeah, that's what caused COVID remember. (laughs) And uh, so they thought that maybe their Wi-Fi was also causing COVID or cancer or anything like that. So what a Faraday cage does, it's like a mesh cage that you can put over something and it like helps block electro electro electromagnetic waves, I guess, 
or like just wavelengths, you know, like which Wi-Fi and everything is based on. Just short wavelengths go into the air that ping to your phone and ping back. And 5G has shorter wavelengths. That's why it goes faster versus longer wavelengths of like 4G, 3G, all sorts of stuff like that. So people were buying these Faraday cages, which is something to block these waves because it's just the way the metal is made. I don't know the exact technical term or science of it. I just know that it blocks waves. And people were buying Faraday cages for their Wi-Fi routers, thinking that it would block cancer. Well, they were buying these cages, and guess what? They worked, and then everyone was getting all pissed because they buy these cages, put it over their router, and then all of a sudden they couldn't get Wi-Fi on their phone <laughs> 20 feet away from it. And so the reviews on these things on Amazon and stuff were just like one, two stars because they're all pissed off. They're like, it makes my Wi-Fi not work. <laughs> and it's like, wait, that's exactly what you wanted. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, so America is going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> because Faraday cages work. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about a boomer. I'm just thinking about some boomer. Why isn't my Wi-Fi working? Could oh my god, I would love to hear some of like the the calls to Xfinity <laughs> because you know how most of the time the calls they go through and it's all the computer or whatever, and it's like Dude, they I, try to screen most of it with just an automated. This is the first voice. time I actually teared up from laughing on this show. <laughs> this is the funniest and thing like, we talked about. You know, you know the trick. To where it's like, if you get the automated voice, you just pretend you don't know what you're doing. And you just hit zero a bunch of times. And if you do that enough, you're just going to get like an actual representative. Person. Representative. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine all the angry boomers sitting on their couches. And no, wait, wait, going, wait, wait. Can you representative? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the like the person on the other end of the phone at Comcast? Like everything's working. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what's going on. You get all this stuff. Like, I'm literally inside your house right now and I'm seeing that your internet is working. It's connected to your, connected to your TV. That seems to be okay. Let me look real quick and you hear, oh yeah, no, there's no outages in your area. Did you try plugging it, unplugging it and plugging it back in? Yeah, let me try that. And then they sit. Is there, is there, is sir, is there something blocking your router? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in the way. <laughs> There's nothing in the way other than my Faraday cage that I'm not taking off, no matter what you elitists say. And then the guy, and then the guy at Comcast is like, "What the fuck is a Faraday cage?" <laughs> <Because> <laughs> he probably doesn't even know what the hell it is. Please hold. I'm going to get a manager. Like, imagine the money wasted on an exponential level of how many people sat there trying to fuck around why their router isn't working for it probably took it was probably like a five ten minute conversation <laughs> but like do that on an exponential scale where there's probably i'm not even going to say millions but i'm gonna say probably a hundred thousand people all calling in going you guys sent me this new router and ever since you gave me this 5g shit <laughs> it doesn't work and if you don't fix this i'm going to <laughs> i'm going to at&t <laughs> did it have the same problem <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, no, that dude. When I saw that just come across my feed, I was like, "Oh, that's actually really funny." These people are like, "Yeah, f- fuck Gates." America's <laughs> going. America's going to hell in a handbasket, Corey. America's just going to hell. Standing in front of their microwave as their microwave popcorn cooks, wondering why their Wi-Fi isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. So that was our new segment, Hell in a Handbasket. That's yeah, meant America's to, going to Hell in a Handbasket. It's meant to make fun of the Q-tards. Anyway, uh, Fear and Loathing in Aspen, Corey, you, you turned me on to this film. I watched, yeah. I watched it the today. The Hunter S. Thompson film about a third party trying to run for uh, sheriff in Aspen in the 60s. Early seventies, nineteen seventy was the election. Yeah, yep. Nope. You're right. You're right. It was nineteen seventy because it was right before his book "Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail" seventy two. And and I want to tie it into today's politics because to me this is a film that points. Well, out, first off, what'd you think of the movie? I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't think I'll ever need to watch it again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was it was good, and and I liked the way. I, I was the whole time through. I was comparing it to today's politics, which I think if that's you do, all I did the whole time. Yeah, I watched it too. If you watch this film, that's what I would suggest that you do. And to me, that it it, it points out how uh, Democrats and Republicans will, in in order to shut compromise their own yeah they'll, they'll morals in order to shut something power. down to make sure that there's no competition between the two party system, they will absolutely join forces. Yeah, and and we we see and we see that all the time, Corey. We see that when it comes to uh, the the military industrial complex. Both parties love war. They love mm-hmm. war because it makes a lot of money. Both yeah. both parties love Wall Street because Wall Street makes a lot of money and pays pays for their campaign donations. We see it. We see it every single day. If you watch this film, this is a film that is a microcosm. Of everything that we see today, the only difference is the only thing the point the film doesn't point out is the way that we are distracted away to argue about identity politics and whether or not racism is real and you know these sorts of things. These are the th- these are the things yeah they've done a really good yeah, job and I, were tied yeah, up it's in. something I always talk about how uh, the two sides have vilified each other so well that whenever something is wrong they can blame the other side and then they just go yeah see. Oh man, student loans—it's their fault. Uh, just keep voting for us; we'll take care of it, and then keep blaming them. Infrastructure, and then the it's other side fault. does the exact opposite. And so, real quick before we get away from it, so a quick synopsis of the film—you know, a summary of sorts—is uh, in 1970, Hunter S. Thompson he lived in Aspen, Colorado, and he was sick and tired of all the big corporations and the commercialism happening to his city, and he want he decided to run for sheriff because he feel like he'd be able to help circumvent some of the stuff and keep ask Aspen as this like eclectic little counterculture type city. And so he decided to run for sheriff and he, what he did is he reached out to all the people who felt disenfranchised by the two parties. Now he had farmers and ranchers up to transients and hippies all in this big conglomerate of a group who wanted to just tell the government to fuck off. They didn't care about each other's identity politics. And he really tried to get everyone together. He saw a chance because there was a Republican and a Democrat both running for the sheriff's office. And he knew that they were going to split the vote and that he could come in and pick up all of the people on the outliers. And at first they all made fun of him. And he was actually picking up a lot of steam to the point that the city actually made one of the two drop out. So the vote didn't get split. And it's really interesting because all his little tactics and stuff like that to where it's like, like, and Hunter S. Thompson was a crazy batshit guy, you know? And uh, if someone that crazy could 
pull this off, then I really feel like this is almost like a little hand, like a little tool, a handbook on running a campaign and picking up the, uh, the freak power is what he called it. And I guess to compare that to what we might see today, like on a national scale, right? And that's actually part of the film is about how, how this could lead into that. Yeah. No, what I was going to say is how, how local politics matter. That's a lot of what this film was about. But if like if you extrapolate that out to like let's say, um, God, what's a good example? Um, I all right. Let's say Bernie Sanders decided to actually get back to his uh, his roots and actually care about his cause again, and decided to run as an independent. And you had somebody like a Mitt Romney and uh, a Joe Biden, whatever. Those are your. That's your no. Let's 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 make it more mainstream. Uh, a DeSantis and a, uh, I don't want to say an AOC. I'm trying to think of like a, uh, like a Whitmer. So you want to go with like a, he's too old. I was going to say Chuck Schumer. <laughs> uh, DeSantis and yeah, DeSantis is a good one. Uh, Whitmer. Do people outside of Michigan know who the fuck Gretchen Whitmer? Oh yeah, that's that. That's that woman from Michigan. Whatever. Regular Republican candidate, regular Democratic candidate. We're not talking about Donald Trump here, right? We're talking about just normal, not crazy, whatever. And then you have Bernie Sanders decide to go independent and go back to his uh, his roots before he went all woke. And Bernie's doing really well. He's pulling really well. He's the independent. He's got a chance to win. The De- DeSantis and, and the Democratic candidate, the Whitmer-esque candidate, the, the Obama-esque candidate coming together and going, fuck, one of us has to drop out so we don't split the vote. You don't think that would work? I think it would work. If one of them dropped out to, split the, to, to stop the vote split? Yeah, because nobody wants socialism. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just it. And that's exactly what happened. Like, you remember you saw the scene, like, so in the movie, it was like the sheriff and like his like right hand man was like, no, I'm running. And then it split the vote of the city because before it would have just been like a Hunter S. Thompson and this one sheriff. But now you have, yeah, you know, actually, so Whitmer DeSantis wouldn't work because it'd be two people kind of ideologically aligned that split the vote. So it'd be a Trump DeSantis running that would split the the ticket to that would leave a third party a better chance, in a sense. Like one of them ran on a Democrat. Like okay, <laughs> you're talking about one of them running as a Democrat. No, well that's what happened. It was two sheriffs who were friends. That like it just one of them. If you remember, one was just like, "No, fuck you." I'm running on the other ticket. To where it literally split the vote to where so, it was okay, a okay, so you're in. saying you're so okay, so let, let's move ahead to 2024 and pretend Biden's not involved. Uh, so DeSantis decides he's going to run, but Trump's also going to run. The Republicans yeah. go with Trump, and DeSantis goes, "Fuck you, I'm becoming a Democrat." Yeah, 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 pretty much, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, that's because that's that would pull away so many of the Republican votes. Even though he has a D next to his name, everyone knows he's a Republican. Right, right. He's just running on the other. He's ticket. a rhino. He's just yeah, a rhino. He's just running on the other ticket. So that's going to split that vote to where now, instead of having to get 50% of the vote, you only have to get 34% because the other, the other to where that 50% was a shoe in for them is now getting split up 25, 25. 
The whole point is, though, the third-party nihilism doesn't help the conversation. No, it's, it's possible. But like, like we said, it has to be sort of real grassroots and local. It's going to take years and years and years if you want to create a third well, party had, that's viable. And, you, and you, you have to get ballot, initi- ballot initiatives that get money out of politics. It's the yeah. only way. Like that's, that's why these two garbage-ass parties control everything. It's because there's money in politics. They have nowhere to go. That's why you got to support groups like Represent Us. Represent us as that group that's trying to end gerrymandering. They're trying to make ranked choice voting a thing. You mean Occupy try- Democrats isn't helping anyone? Fuck Occupy Democrats. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're the bright part of the left, dude. You mean the Blaze isn't helping anyone? <laughs> the Blaze? Love the Blaze. The Blaze is a self-pat on the back. It's just something to reassure people their beliefs. That's not what Occupy Democrats is. Exactly what Occupy <laughs> Democrats does. You take someone from Occupy Democrats and you expose them to like some Democrats that are shitty, like Hunter Biden's laptop. And they're like, oh my God, maybe the Democrats aren't good. Occupy Democrats comes in and goes, shh, shh, no, Jared Kushner, shh, Jared Kushner. Anyway, they pat, they pat him on the back. You want to, you want to, you want to see how third parties can, can work? Yeah, you want to be a nihilist and say that they can't work in 2022 or 2024 20, or 26 or 28 or 30 or 32, whatever. They probably won't. We, this is going to take some time. But it's going to start small. It has to start small. And that's my thing, too, is for people like, uh, if you want to get involved in politics, start local. Not everything needs to be nationalized. We need it as decentralized as possible. Because when everything's nationalized, it just goes to what we're at now. It's identity politics. And it's silly. Like roads are crumbling. People are drinking lead water. What I would ask, what I would ask the people that listen to this show. I mean, maybe you live in a big city, but and you and you know the answer to the to this question. But a lot of you probably don't live in a big city. Do you know the name of your mayor? Do you do you, do you know who your your city council people are? I, I would get. I would guess. And and look, this isn't like an indictment on you, but I would guess a lot of you don't. I would guess a lot of you don't, and you should start there. Start there. Learn who these people are. Learn what they represent. Learn how what they're. Yeah, those doing elections are just as important. Hundred percent, because I don't you think know, a lot of people know who their city's mayor is, dude. Like people who live in these small towns, or at least these like I wouldn't say small towns because I think a lot of small town people know who their mayor is, but like these smaller suburban cities, right? the cities that you and I live in outside of Detroit. Like, I don't think a lot of people know who their mayor is. I don't know the mayor of Madison Heights. What is the mayor? Do you know the mayor of your city? Frank green. I actually don't, I don't know his name. Oh, okay. Her I name. know my city Stilling Heights. I could name off probably the whole city council. I'm friends with a couple of them. This, people are like, you're preaching me. You don't even know. And like, I'm preaching myself right now. I'm going to, I'm going to look this stuff up tonight. <laughs> I want to figure yeah, out. I bet you there's a Madison up. Heights. Like, uh, community page, whatever. To be fair, real- to be fair, I did just move here, but still, I should I should know this stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's just it. Like, if you start local, like it's not a barrage of three hundred sixty degrees of shit happening. It's more focused. It's more refined. It's more brass tacks type stuff. Like, hey, should we afford this other place a liquor license or no? Hey, should we raise taxes a couple hundred bucks and fix all of our sidewalks or no? It's way less toxic. 
is um, the word I'm looking unless for. Unless it's Sterling Heights, Michigan. Yeah, at the same time, yeah, we're pretty toxic here. <laughs> we got there's a couple of people like well, Michigan. Yeah, so Sterling Heights is going through like, like no one here on this show gives a fuck. But yeah, Sterling Heights is going through a, a guard change. We're going from a, a uh, suburbia wasteland to a uh, more inclusive city, I guess, where we're trying to make it to where people stay in house and not leave, and people don't like that. We want them to Pot leave. Shops. Pot shops, community centers, downtown areas. Are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> That's literally like comment you type type of shit you see. Like we got all these dope smokers coming here now. These dope smokers, they're not good. We don't like dope smokers. Dope smokers. No, I just want to drive 15 minutes to the nearest uh grocery store. And I'm sick of trying to seeing people walk on sidewalks. Oh God, it's too bad. Corey. Tell the people where they can find us. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I saw some <laughs> new people in the feed. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe, and share with a friend. We're not asking you to share it on your page or anything, but like, if you like these type of conversations and you want to be able to have a topic to talk about, let them know about the show. I think we talk about some pretty cool stuff. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. We're on Facebook at Libservative. We're on TikTok at Libservative Podcast, and our monologues are transcribed and put on LibservativePod.wordpress.com. If you want to reach out to us directly, we're on Libservative Pod, and uh, come join the conversation. We keep st- we keep it like we live stream once a week. We keep all the shit going throughout the week with different posts, and we respond and keep it going. Mostly, come boring. join the community. Come join the conversation. We're just trying to uh, uh, maneuver through the whole identity politics bullshit. We love it. That was good, right? I think so. I think it was right, good. Getting, I was going to mow my lawn, but it's getting dark. It's dark. Uh, yeah, this has been Libservative. He's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. And until next time, we're out of here. <laughs>